and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, everybody, welcome back, and uh, Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah to you. I'm Barry Markson, in for Broomhead today, and uh, thanks for being here. Hey, we are keeping an eye on and monitoring the Kerry Lake election trial. It's ongoing as we speak. So far, uh, Stephen Risher and uh, Maricopa County Election Director Scott Jarrett have testified. Uh, I will tell you, in my uh, legal experience, I don't think the plaintiffs got anywhere near what they needed from either one of them, um, especially considering that Kerry Lake has to prove that the county intentionally sabotaged the election against her uh, in a couple of different ways. So right now, one of Lake's uh, so-called experts is on the stand. The judge has not yet ruled on motions to exclude his testimony. We'll see where that goes. Uh, and we'll keep you up to date uh, during the show and, again, all throughout the day here on KTAR. Uh, right now, I want to touch on uh, really big news for the Valley. And, and this is a big thing. Um, you know, our Phoenix Suns. This is the Suns have, have been the sports team in the Valley that's been here over 50 years. Uh, it's it's the one that I think pretty, you know, most everybody loves the Suns, right? I mean, even the Cardinals, uh, there's folks who come here, they have a football allegiance somewhere else. But for the Suns, for some reason, certainly there's people who come here with their allegiance in basketball, but the Suns uh, absolutely have the allegiance of most Phoenicians uh, and Arizonans. And, and then they've been playing well the last few years, so it's been a lot more fun to watch lately. Uh, Robert Sarver, we won't go into the whole thing, but um, in essence, since he was forced to sell his team, or at least his interest in the team, and that has now occurred. So the new team, uh, the new owner of the Phoenix Suns is will be a guy named Matt Ishbia. Uh, Matt and his brother Justin. Matt will be the uh, with the managing partner. He'll be the uh, what they, the NBA calls the governor of the team, uh, who will report to the NBA. He's the guy in charge. And uh, uh, who is Matt Ishbia? He is a uh, he's a billionaire. Uh, he is uh, 42 years old. He'll be the youngest owner uh, in the NBA. He is the owner and CEO of a company uh, that does wholesale mortgages, the largest uh, company of its type in the United States. Uh, it went public in, a, in an interesting way several years ago, and, and they made a bunch of money. And he and his brother uh, are both billionaires, and they're both going to be running this team. So Ishbi and his brother buying the Suns, buying the Mercury also, by the way, uh, and other things owned by the Suns, uh, and buying 100% of Robert Sarver's interest uh, in those entities. And it's interesting to know, Sarver uh, is not the only owner of the Suns. He led an ownership group uh, that owned the Suns. And he owns about 35 to 40 percent of the team. So uh, keep that in mind here, that there are other uh, other investors, other owners of the Suns. They're called limited partners as opposed to the general partner, the managing partner. And those limited partners, um, we're, we're working on how that works out here. But Ishbia and his brother are buying 60 percent of the team. So they're buying 100 percent of Robert Sarber's interest. And then. Obviously, the interest of some of the limited partners to get to that 60% number. Uh, I'm sure we'll learn more about this as time goes on. But Ishbia will be the managing partner. He'll be the one who makes the decisions. Uh, and he's the guy who's going to be leading this team and in Phoenix. Uh, his company is based in uh, in Michigan, uh, I believe. So I, I doubt he'll be moving here, but I'm... I wouldn't be surprised to see he buys a house here, that he spends a lot of time here. Um, certainly in this day and age, uh, you can do things remotely. Uh, but as you're about to hear, his management style uh, does not seem to lend itself to that as much. He is its kind of old school in how, in how he approaches things from a business standpoint. Here's, uh, here's Matt Ishbia talking about some of those things. We allow no technology in our meetings. So if I run a meeting, you're not having your phone out in front of me. You're not having a laptop. You're going to mm-hmm. take notes and you're going to fill it up later because we are effectively... 
every minute matters. So he, he is. And I got to say, I'm, I'm kind of in agreement with that. I mean, you go into a meeting these days, people are looking at their phone. Uh, it, they're looking at their computer. We don't know what's going on. They're not focused. Uh, I kind of like that idea, although it's definitely old school. I mean, in this day and age, young people especially, uh, they show up at the computer. They take notes on the computer. They're working. Uh, it may look like they're not, but they are working. Uh, but he, he doesn't put up with that. And you can kind of hear the he's aggressive, right? I mean, he's a guy who's worked up. You can hear it just in this interview. Uh, it, it's pretty wild. Uh, he talks about leadership and, and how important that is in any organization. Things start with the leadership. Start at the top. If I make it take it serious, they take it serious. If I think it's not important, they think it's not important. And so you are very important as a leader of your organization to make sure you set the tone. All right. So there you have it. I mean, you can hear the energy in this guy. I mean, it's pretty amazing. Uh, and I think one of the most interesting things is he played college basketball at Michigan State. He was part of the Michigan State team that won the championship. I think it was in 2000. Uh, and and then went on to uh, his his dad started this company where he is, but went on to join that company and grow it, become the CEO, uh, and obviously make uh, just billions and billions of dollars. Uh, but he is a high energy guy. It certainly appears uh, the new owner of the Phoenix Suns, Matt Ishbia. I think one of the most disrespectful things to do is if I have a meeting with ten people and it starts at nine thirty and I walk in at nine thirty three, that's three minutes times ten people. I just wasted thirty minutes of my people's time. Disrespectful, unacceptable. We don't do it here. You know I, that's another thing i have to tell you i love hearing that uh, i'm uh, you know how many times have you been in an organization where the top guy shows up late and it's always like in my mind even if they don't intend it it's a power move right it's it's to say yeah you people wait for me i don't wait for you and i never like that and whenever i lead if i'm and i'm i'm the chair of of charity boards i, I, I lead meetings all the time and my thing is we set a time for the meeting and we start on time and if you don't, if you show up late, that's okay. I'm not going to embarrass you very much when you walk in. Uh, but we have a meeting time. I'm there on time. I expect everybody to be there on time, and we start on time uh, because I respect I respect you and, and the time that people put in. So uh, I, it sounds like he's that kind of a guy. Very different attitude that's going to be joining this team. And the other thing we have to remember, uh, and we don't know what Maddish B is going to do with the current people who work there. I mean, yesterday, right before this sale was announced, uh, we heard some some pretty negative things about the Sun CEO. Jason Crowley, um, you know, I, there there could easily be a situation where some of the top, top people in the organization are gone. I think that's a normal thing to happen. Um, I don't know that that happens with James Jones. I, I don't know that it happens at all. With except He may pick and choose. He may pick a couple of people out and say, hey, we're going to move on. Uh, but he may keep other people. Um, he may meet people and decide who he wants to keep. I don't know. Uh, from the basketball perspective, I'd be very surprised if he made any changes uh, in, in James Jones or in uh, Monty Williams. Uh, I mean, the success they've been having, I think, is, is says says it all. And I'd, I'd be surprised if there were any major changes there. Uh, now, how long does it take for him to actually take over the team? Normally, this process can take, uh, as I'm being told, six to nine months, or if not longer. However, Ishbia is known to the NBA. He's friendly with and has relationships with several owners. Um, and apparently, this process has been going on for a little bit. So I expect it's going to be faster. Is it going to be done by the time the season is over uh, in several months? I don't know. Uh, perhaps. Uh, that, that really could happen. I think it's they seem to be on track to, the, to move this along uh, in a bit of an expedited fashion. Um, I'm certain that NBA would love to have this, uh, this thing change over, given the history with Sarver, as soon as possible. Um, so we'll see how long this uh, this takes. But Matt Ishbia, the new owner of the Suns, it's been announced, just waiting for approval from the NBA that no one thinks will be an issue. Uh, and then we'll see where we go. But certainly seems exciting to have a very wealthy person own the team, fired up, competitive, a basketball guy, played it in college. All of those things sound good. 
Could be bad. We don't know. Maybe he's too hands on. Maybe we, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. But I have to tell you, going in, it looks like it's going to be a great, a great addition for the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix area. All right, coming up, it's Did You Hear This? That's when we bring out our biggest headlines of the day. Uh, Julia asked me some questions. We get some comments, uh, and then we uh, we give you the biggest headlines, the biggest stories of the day. That's coming up next. I'm Barry Markson in for Broomhead. It's KTAR. <laughs> Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, welcome back, everybody. Barry Markson in for Broomhead. Uh, you know what time it is. It's Did You Hear This? We bring you the four biggest headlines of the day and get you some comments. Julia Sorge, our producer, does it. Let's get to it. It's Did You Hear This? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories. Arizona Senators Kirsten Cinema and Mark Kelly spoke on the Senate floor yesterday calling for bipartisan immigration reform. Kelly says there needs to be a fix. Record numbers of border crossings are straining law enforcement and it's straining humanitarian organizations. And this is unsustainable. Which senators do you think would be most likely to come together on this? Well, I, I think there's a lot of them. I think most of the Democratic senators will come up, come together. There's certainly some on the far left uh, that are that are against any kind of immigration or excuse me border security, which we may have some problems with that, even in a compromise. Uh, and I think there's also a whole slew of Republicans on the right that that are never going to agree to any sort of citizenship for people who came here illegally, even if they were dreamers. But that said, I, I have to think there's a solid seventy senators. Uh, from both sides that would agree that a compromise where we add, we add some we add some border wall we add border patrol we add technology we put security stuff in place and at the same time uh, come down with a long term solution for the dreamers so that k- people who were brought here as children uh, had no no say in it uh, really don't know any country other than the United States only speak English let's find a way to let these folks be here legally and be productive citizens of the United States in the long term. Matt Ishbia will most likely become the new majority owner of the Phoenix Suns and Mercury. Here's a clip of some of what he likes to do for his leadership styles. Things start with the leadership, start at the top. If I make it take it serious, they take it serious. If I think it's not important, they think it's not important. And so you are very important as a leader of your organization to make sure you set the tone. Are you hopeful that he brings this mindset to reinvigorate <laughs> the Suns and Mercury's work environment? Are, are we speeding up that sound? I mean, is he just does he talk that fast all the time? Wow, that's a lot of energy. I think I need to sit down with Matt Ishbia. I think we need to have a glass of wine, maybe a little bourbon, and kind of calm down a little bit and see how he is. But I got to tell you, I'm excited. 42 years old, uh, a, a multi-billionaire, unbelievable success, uh, a guy who walked on at, at Michigan State and got on the basketball team that ended up winning a championship, uh, loved by his teammates, loved by, I mean, j- just, he's got everything going for him. I'm sure we're going to see the warts at some point, but right now, man, you have to be excited about a guy this fired up to own a basketball team and to have a multi-billionaire owning our team in Phoenix. All right, you're hearing uh, Did You Hear This? We bring you the four biggest headlines of the day and then provide some commentary. Julia Sorgi runs it for us. Go ahead, Julia. Former gubernatorial and congressional candidate Christine Jones spoke with you about the similarities between her lawsuit and Abe Hamaday's. It's important for Hamaday to remember when we got to the end of those 18, nine went to bigs. So be careful what you ask for because <laughs> actually Chris Mays may end up picking up a few extra that's, votes here. 
What do you think will happen when Hamaday's team looks at the provisional ballots? I, I think there are going to be some that are that are certainly willing to be questioned. And, and look, this is oftentimes it's uh, it's judged uh, whether a provisional ballot is counted. Uh, there's stuff in the election manual law that you decide how that works, and you have to look at when did they register. Depend. Every one of them may have a different issue. Uh, my guess is that Maricopa County is pretty thorough in how they make these decisions, so they're pretty accurate. Uh, but I don't know that I don't think there's going to be enough of those ballots that would overcome a 511 vote difference. And as Christine Jones just pointed out, they're not all votes for Hamaday, and that's not going to help him. There's a new holiday drink on the menu, but I'm not sure if I'm ordering it. Finally, someone found a way to combine my two favorite things, eggnog and mayonnaise. What? The folks at Muddling Memories, a company that creates drinks for events, has teamed up with Hellman's, and they created this luscious cup of creamy, dreamy delight. The recipe combined <laughs> mayonnaise, nutmeg, and rum. Do you want to try this concoction? No, I don't. Mayonnaise in a drink is never uh, on my menu, and I'm I'm a I love cocktails. I'm mixed. I love trying different stuff, but that is not something I even want to taste. Uh, (laughs) Not even a little bit. Oh, my goodness. All right, there you have it. Did you hear this? Thank you, Julia. That was great. And uh, we bring you the big headlines of the day every every day uh, in the second segment of the 11 o'clock hour. Thanks for being here. Jeff Munn is standing by. He's waving at me. He's got big news for you. You don't want to miss it in the KTR News Center. And then right after the news, we're going to get you an update on what's happening in the Kerry Lake election trial. It's going on as we speak. Uh, KTR is monitoring it. We will bring you the absolute latest from that trial. We'll talk about Abe Hamaday's election lawsuit as well. At some point, these elections will these lawsuits will be, will end. It's going to end before the end of the year, and we'll have that for you here. Stay with us. I'm Barry Markson. It's KTAR. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's the Mike Broomhead Show. I'm Barry Markson filling in today, and I appreciate you being here with us. Uh, we are te- keeping a good eye on the Kerry Lake trial. This is the election lawsuit trial uh, that uh, gubernatorial candidate Kerry Lake brought after she lost. And um, the ca- the uh, just just if you don't know the background of this, she brought a 70-page complaint uh, that included 10 separate counts of wrongdoing. Uh, the judge threw out eight of the 10 counts, dismissed them, and left two in, and that's what this trial is about. Uh, Carrie Lake has to prove, if she's going to prevail here, she has to prove that Maricopa County intentionally uh, acted uh, in violation of the election manuals and law to harm her election bid and that the steps they took intentionally actually did change the outcome of the election. It's a, uh, by law, I don't, it's basically impossible. <laughs> but that's where she is right now. So, so far, uh, plaintiff uh, Carrie Lake is putting on her case uh, this morning. Uh, Stephen Risher has testified, the, the county recorder, county election director Scott Jarrett testified. Uh, I will tell you, both of them come across as knowing what they're talking about, as experts in their field, um, and they really shot down one conspiracy theory after another uh, in the form of questions that Carrie Lake's lawyers were asking. Uh, she did not get what she needed from them. Uh, there is now a guy on the stand who is uh, Carrie Lake's supposed expert. The judge has not yet ruled if he's going to uh, consider this testimony or consider this expert, but rather than ban the expert uh, based on a motion to dis- uh, motion to uh, exclude the expert testifying, the judge is letting the testimony go, and he will decide what weight to give it or whether or not to, uh, to uh, say it's inadmissible later that the expert is not, in fact, qualified. What we just learned, or at least I just learned, maybe other people knew this already, 
<laughs> this is just amazing, is that this expert, Carrie Lake's expert, uh, is, uh, it, well, you remember, you know the MyPillow guy, right? You know Mike Lindell, the MyPillow guy? Uh, he, he's, uh, he's uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, loony. Uh, he is, uh, yeah, he, he's a little loony. And he, he's been on this uh, this election denier stuff for an awfully long time. The election in 2020 was stolen. He's, he's uh, yeah, I, I honestly don't know why he's so into this. But in any case, if you remember, he had a thing called the moment of truth that he did up in, uh, I don't remember where it was, Montana or Wyoming. He had a big uh, conference uh, well after all this election stuff was going on. People kept saying he was, he was crazy, that there was no data, no evidence of election fraud in the 2020 election. So he said, we're going to have this big conference, and I'm going to bring these people in. I'm going to bring experts in, and they're going to tell you. They're going to show you the data. We have all this data, computer information that we're going to put up to everybody can have it and access it and look at it and show you why the election was stolen. And they did it. And it didn't show any of that stuff. He put all the data up there, and everybody, even his experts, even the people he brought in said, there's nothing here. Uh, it, it was actually amazing. It was so embarrassing, and yet he's still out there saying this election denial stuff. Uh, it's a brand now. Um, but this expert that Carrie Lake brought in, this supposed expert that she brought in, was the main guy working for Mike Lindell uh, during this Moment of Truth conference. I mean, that's the guy. Um, it's absolutely incredible to me that that would be who you bring in as your supposed expert. And this, by the way, is why um, courts, that's why you have motions to exclude experts. Experts have to show, if you want to bring an expert into a case, you have to show that the person has an education and experience and, and knowledge in this area, a level of expertise in a, in a particular area that is proven by science. That it, You can't just be, well, I've read a lot about this and I've done a bunch of my own research. You have to know these things in a way that the rest of us don't. You have to offer help to the trier of fact uh, that, the, that the trier of fact uh, with knowledge and, and expertise that the trier fact was is unlikely to possess himself. So, for example, you know, if, if, if I'm having a trial here in the studio and our, our desk in here is red, um, I don't need an expert to come in here in colors, an extra color expert to come in here and tell me that the desk is red. I, I have enough knowledge of colors to look at it myself and say, this is red. Um, but in this case, you have to have somebody who has enough knowledge of the the the, the uh, ballots that are used in Maricopa County and the tabulator machines and the printers um, and and all and these processes and. I, I find it hard to believe that this guy has that. He's apparently about to start testifying uh, in, as an expert in these printers, and he has. There has been no information, no what we call foundation, given to the judge that he has any expertise in printers. Um, <laughs> and I'd be shocked if he, even if he's an election expert, I'd be shocked that he had expertise in printers. So it, it's interesting to see the judges letting it all come in. He'll decide how much weight to give it. I think that probably is a smart move here rather than exclude Carrie Lake's expert testimony in its entirety. Um, but what they're focusing on right now is this big thing about whether the ballots uh, were, were printed as uh, whether the computer was set up to take ballots that were 19 inches or 20 inches. Uh, he's trying to say that they were that they were 19 inches but needed to be 20 inches, and that's why they weren't counted. Uh, I, the, the, the bottom line is every ballot was counted. Uh, if it wasn't counted at, at the at the election site, if it wasn't counted at the vote center on the mini tabulator, it doesn't mean that the ballot wasn't counted. It was put in box three, it was taken back to the main election center, and it was counted. There's no evidence anywhere that any valid legal ballot that was cast was not counted. They were counted. 
So uh, I, I, I don't really know what the relevance of this is for the trial, but in any case, that's where we are right now. So we'll continue to keep you up to date uh, on that Kerry Lake trial as it happens today and tomorrow. The Abe Hamaday trial uh, is, a, is another situation. It won't be a trial. I'm sorry. It'll be an evidentiary hearing. Uh, motions to dismiss against Abe Hamaday. The judge granted, uh, dismi- granted part of that motion uh, yesterday, dismissing count five. There were five total counts against Abe Hamaday uh, in that suit. Uh, count five was dismissed. Uh, however, counts one through four are moving forward. And, and the Abe Hamaday suit is completely different than the other lawsuits. He's not claiming uh, fraud or cheating. Uh, he's not claiming manipulation or, or any intentional wrongdoing, which is the opposite of what Kerry Lake's lawsuit is. Uh, Kerry Lake's lawsuit is basically a series of conspiracy theories um, that she's claiming cost her the election. And now she's in court trying to prove the conspiracy theories are true. It's fascinating. Uh, Abe Hamaday has a much more legitimate case. He only lost by 511 votes. So Abe Hamaday is saying, look, in every election, there are ballots that are cast but aren't counted because uh, it could be the person wasn't a registered voter. Uh, and so they cast what's called a provisional ballot. It's put in a special envelope. It's not counted until they determine whether the voter is eligible to vote. It could be somebody uh, registered to vote too late. Uh, it could be somebody uh, accidentally voted twice, that they voted their mail-in ballot and they voted again in person. Uh, it could be, there's a whole series of things that could result in somebody's ballot being considered a provisional ballot. So what, what we do in Arizona is, if you get to the vote center and somebody says, well, wait a minute, you're not on the computer, you're not on the list, or this or this, or you're not supposed to vote, instead of just sending you home, what we do in Arizona is we say, do your vote, cast your vote, give me your ballot, we're going to put it in a provisional envelope, and then we will decide later whether or not your ballot is eligible to be counted. That's how it works. And the goal of that, by the way, and these are laws written by Republicans. All of our election laws were written by Republicans in Arizona. The goal of that is to make sure that if someone is able to vote, if they are if they are registered and should vote, that their vote will be counted. That's a great thing. The idea is we want everybody who's supposed to vote should be able to vote. And if there's an issue that we're not sure about yet, we're not going to send you home and say no, because then it's too late for you to vote later. We're going to say, take a ballot, give us your vote, and then we'll figure it out later. So Maricopa County has gone through that process. They've counted a bunch of the, the, uh, the uh, provisions ballots, and the ones that are left, they didn't count. And what Abe Hamaday is saying, and this is perfectly reasonable, is let's look at some of those ballots. Perhaps more of the provisional ballots should have been counted. Let's find out. And that's what they're doing here. So the analysis of that, uh, I think, is fair, uh, certainly in a, in a, in a race uh, that was decided by 511 votes uh, out of 2.5, over 2.5 million votes. I think that's a fair question to be asked. I think his lawsuit is appropriate. I'm not saying he's going to win. I don't think he will. I think it's very, very difficult uh, to change the outcome of the election uh, based on, on counting these few votes, because some of the ballots that weren't counted, by the way, may not be cast for Abe Hamaday. They may be cast for Chris Mays, the Democrat who won the election. But that lawsuit is is completely different than what we're seeing with Kerry Lake's uh, trial right now. So we're monitoring all of that. On Friday in the Abe Hamaday suit, Abe Hamaday right now, by the way, he uh, the lawyers on both sides are working out a plan. He's going to inspect ballots over the next two days. And then that evidentiary hearing, as the judge called it, will take place on Friday. And we'll have we'll have live coverage of that for you as well here on KTAR. So lots, uh, lots still to go here in our election contest in Arizona. Decisions will be made soon. These court cases will be over soon. Uh, the new candidates, uh, our governor and other other elect candidates uh, will be sworn in the first week of January, right after the new year. So this stuff has to be decided pretty quick. <laughs> and that's what you're going to see. The election laws in Arizona call for this to occur on a very expedited basis. And that's what's happening uh, right now. All right. On the other side, 
you, you've probably noticed this since COVID. Uh, definitely more Americans uh, having mental health issues, whether that be depression, anxiety, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we're seeing more of that now. Well, new studies are showing that what we're seeing anecdotally in our friends and family is, in fact, happening uh, around the country. I'll tell you about that next. I'm Barry Markson. It's KTAR. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Another good one. everybody. I like that song. All right, it's the Mike Broomhead Show. I'm Barry Marks. And Merry Christmas, everyone. We're just a few days away. Happy Hanukkah to everybody. And uh, thanks for joining us here on KTAR. Uh, let me tell you right now, the Eagles are returning to Footprint Center on March 1st uh, for the Hotel California 2023 Tour. Tickets are on sale now, but you can win a pair today uh, by visiting the contest page on KTAR.com at KTAR.com. I should rephrase that. You can go there today to enter the contest. We're not going to pull the winner today. Uh, but go check that out if you're an Eagles fan. Um, I also want to mention that we are continuing to monitor the Kerry Lake election trial. Uh, her uh, expert, my little quote fingers are up. Uh, I mentioned to you earlier, he she <laughs> he is uh, he's Mike Lindell's expert, the pillow guy, uh, who was at that ridiculous moment of truth conference where no actual truth came out. Uh, it just came out in court now that Mike Lindell is actually paying this guy's bill. He charges $250 an hour, and Mike Lindell is paying for him to fly here and all the time he's put in and everything else, uh, even though he is not a party to this lawsuit. Very, very interesting. By the way, he's not certified as an expert in anything, but he is, as he calls himself, a certified hacker. Yes, that's what I just said, a certified hacker. He did testify that there's no evidence that the Maricopa County election uh, was hacked. So I guess that's good news. Uh, I did want to mention this. I saw this recently. and I, I don't know if you're like me, um, but I've been hearing a lot more, uh, this is anecdotal, it's my friends, it's my friends' kids in high school and college, um, of people having mental, mental health issues, uh, whether that be anxiety or depression. or uh, it, There's a lot of that going on right now, and it, it was absolutely affected by COVID. I'm, I'm hoping it isn't anything long-term, and certainly among our younger children, uh, but I know from for adults and especially for some young adults, um, it's it's an issue. And a, a study out now, or a poll that's out now that Gallup does, it's a real Gallup poll. Uh, they ask everybody every year. They ask Americans uh, to self-report uh, positive assessments, their own positive self-assessments of their mental health. And what they found is that this year, uh, the Americans, when asked about our own our own mental health status. Uh, we are reporting uh, the lowest, the lowest uh, healthy mental health uh, it, it really in over 20 years. It's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, 31% of Americans uh, of U.S. adults describe their mental health uh, or emotional well-being as excellent, um, which is the worst rating it's ever been in three by three points ever. Uh, another 44% of Americans rate their mental health as good. Um, and that together, that 75% together, the 31% who say excellent, 44% say good, that 75% combined uh, is the lowest on record and 10 points shy of the average uh, over the last 20 years. So 
really a major drop in, in what we're what we normally see on average and what we've seen over the last several decades. Uh, in addition, 17 percent of U.S. adults describe their mental health as only fair and 7 percent as poor. The poor figure is the highest in Gallup's trend. Now, again, these are self-assessments. So this is how do you feel about your own mental health? There's not a, no, no one's studying you. You're not getting psychological help. It's it's how many people uh, say mentally they're doing OK. And this is important. Uh, this is this is a self-assessment of how we're feeling. Um, before COVID, Americans' excellent ratings of their mental health was 45 percent. Uh, as I just mentioned, it's down now to 31 percent. I mean, that's incredible over the course of just a few years. Um, this is this is significant. And I, I'm not here to tell you I have an answer for this. I, I don't know what to do. Um, I, I think a lot of us dealt with COVID in different ways. It was awful uh, being locked up. Working from home, uh, going to school at home, uh, just not being out and socializing like we normally do, I think caused a lot of people an inordinate amount of stress and anxiety. Uh, and I think for many people, not to mention the fear of catching COVID and, you know, people were afraid they were going to die or get very sick or their family would, would be impacted. Uh, it was intense. And, and I'm aware just personally, again, anecdotally of friends of mine who have kids who are college kids who are happy, great, happy, successful, smart kids and get, got to college and, kind of melted down. Uh, not that that didn't happen before with people. Of course it did. Uh, but it's happening more now. And I think we're seeing that anecdotally and it's something we have to address. I don't know what the answers are. I'm not saying government needs to deal with it. I'm saying you and I and all of us uh, need to be aware of those around us. Make a phone call. See how your friend is doing. See how your family member is doing. Uh, people are a lot more sensitive out there right now, a lot more uh, at risk than I think we realize. And, and those touches, those contacts, I think are the most important. All right, everybody. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow morning, uh, and we will continue. Stay with KTR as we continue to keep you updated on the Arizona election cases, including the Cary Lake trial that is ongoing right now. Jeff Munn is next with a 15-minute news expansion, 15 minutes of commercial-free news. You only get that on KTR. Uh, thanks to Julia Sorgi. She produced the big program. Byron Oliver, he's running the big show back there. And, of course, everybody in the KTR News Center. Have a great Wednesday, everybody. I'm Barry Markson. This is KTAR. KTAR.